Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Second hour of the program of this Friday. It's a numbers game presented by BetMGM. Gil Alexander out for today. He will be back on Monday. Vinny Maiulo is going to be with us in 30 minutes. Bookmaker's perspective on everything coming up this weekend. Uh, we are very happy to be joined. Pamela Maldonado is with us. You can follow her on Twitter, PamelaM35, up on social media. Betting analyst for Yahoo Sports in town. Super kind. This is the cool part. So I got a buddy who works at the Action Network, Raheem Palmer, who was in town the other day. So I got to go out and meet him. Um, these weeks, this, like this weekend, this time of the year in the summer, Vegas is a hot spot, man. Like so many people come out here, sign up for contests. It's a great time, and, and you're out here to sign up quite a few, right? Yes, and it is hot. It was 104 <laughs> when I landed last night at 11 o'clock. Yep. Um, yeah, but I'm from Texas, and I came in from Austin just last night to register for, I'm going to be doing all three contests. I'm mm. going to do the Circa, and the Westgate, and then the Golden Nugget College Football one, which yep. I'm super excited to do, because college football, that is my bread and butter. Okay. And NFL has always just been fun, mm-hmm. but now I get to kind of, hopefully, let's see what I can do in the college football one. I know it's really hard, but we'll well, see. The, the, I think the Golden Nugget one, it's like the, the hidden gem because it's not like a, a massive sample size of entrance, mm-hmm. uh, not as well publicized either, right. uh, but it, it is a lot of fun. And college football, you know, you can find some real edge. There's, it's a really sharp contest, too. Like yeah. There's a lot of sharp guys and gals who are in that, but it's one of the more fun ones. I grew up out here, and I was a producer initially for local radio, and we used to track it all the time with mm-hmm. Matt Humans and everything. It's one of the funner contests that are going to be out there, so that's cool. Seven that, games against yep. the spread, though. Yeah. That, it, five is tough. Seven is just a huge feat. So. Yep. Well, at least you get the large sample size of the college football board, uh, which is going to start tomorrow. So we're going to get into a lot with you because uh, I discovered uh, you and I both big Jameis Winston fans, so I can't wait to dive into that as well. Actually, you know what? Let's just go there. Okay. Jameis Winston named the starting quarterback. I think it's the right move. I think he's got a really high ceiling. Even if you go back to the year which he threw 30 interceptions, there was a lot to like about what he did. Your thoughts on him being the New Orleans Saints starter? Hashtag Jameis forever. That's right. I am such a huge fan. It was Christmas morning this morning. It was Christmas morning seeing him that he was going to be the starter. Um, I think it was a good value if you want to take him to be comeback player of the year. The value has been lost compared to mm-hmm. when he um, when Drew Brees announced his retirement. But he still has an opportunity here to shine. Yes, he had the LASIK. We, I want to know what that means. I've had LASIK myself. It makes a vast world of a difference. Yeah. And I am just convinced that he's just going to blow off and just have himself quite quite a season and people are going to be shocked but then there's people that are going to be like you and me we knew all along. <laughs> right. And, well, and I think one of the points that I had brought up was if you go back like the uh, the years in which quarterbacks set records for like turnover worthy plays, PFF mm-hmm. had this stat all those years ago, which was right. all three of them, it was Ben Roethlisberger, Andrew Locke, and Jameis Winston, they all tied for the league lead or the record. They were all in the first year Bruce Arian system. Yeah. Bruce Arians, you know, that offense is a high risk, high reward type of offense. So you're going to get a lot of interceptions and turnovers. Absolutely. But as you kind of start to get used to that system, you see the ceiling of it once guys start to play in it. And I think Jameis, like being 
in a system with Peyton, like that thing's going to work out really well because you get an offensive line like that to help him out with the turnovers, mm-hmm. better vision, and, 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 and like a good offensive line in front of him. Like I think there's a lot to like about the system around him too. And if Sean Payton can take this team to the playoffs without Drew Brees, then I think he deserves Coach of the Year as well. Right. He is, uh, I mean, he's a fantastic coach, and now you have what I believe perceived to be a fantastic quarterback. It's not out of the realm of possibility that they get to the playoffs comfortably. They have, still have that, crush, that crushing defense. They still have Kamara. They have all the weapons are there. Yep. It is just having the trust that you have the you, that you have the weapons in Jameis Winston to lead your team into the playoffs again. Well, and also, I mean, this isn't a slight of Drew Brees, but this is also a different quarterback than Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. Now it's not just six, seven yards downfield. Exactly. You got a guy who can throw it regularly twenty yards downfield like that. We haven't seen that offense from Sean Payton in a really long time. And no fear, right? <laughs> you part. have to have no fear in this game. That's exactly what Winston brings with him. And eat the win, whatever he, whatever shenanigans that he brings with him. I love it. It's part of the game. It's part of the entertainment. He has confidence in himself. He just needs to. Sean Payton clearly now has the confidence in him. Mm-hmm. So let's let's go with see what he what they can do in this this season. Yep, Pamela Maldonado is with us again, betting analyst, Yahoo Sports. Uh, we, 60 seconds before reset really quickly. Uh, you like Teddy Bridgewater, starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos? I do. I mean, I like his against the spread record. Isn't yeah. that what we like as betters? Um, I'm not convinced, though, that this is going to be a good year. I mean, they still have a really tough defense. I mean, they have a tough uh, schedule of opposing defenses. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to see. We'll see what happens. Yep. Teddy, uh, of course, I think it's more about baseline, right? Like you get like an average play from mm-hmm. Teddy as opposed to Drew Locke, who one week could probably throw three touchdowns and look incredible, but the next week throw two picks, uh, not have a single touchdown, and uh, look absolutely abhorrent. So I think when you have a guy like Vic Fangio, he's got a window, and he's right. like, I, I got to go with the baseline of play. Like I know absolutely. what I'm going to get on a week-to-week basis. And I correct you know? myself. They have one of the easiest schedules in NFL, so I think that we could okay. see the Denver Broncos do exceptionally well this season. I like season. it. All right, that's Pamela Maldonado again, banding analyst, Yahoo Sports. Uh, as we discuss a lot more here, because we have to get into the U.S. Open with Pamela. Uh, college football week zero. You said it's your bread and butter. I'm extremely excited. I love college football as well. And it's a really good schedule coming up. So it's a numbers game here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. For those of you just joining us, Pamela Maldonado of Yahoo Sports is with us. So let's start with college football then yeah. before we get to the U.S. Open. Um, I'll, I'll let you take it where you want. Your favorite okay. game on the board. Uh, what has intrigued you the most? What's at the top of your list for week zero starting tomorrow? I'm going to be honest. I haven't looked at week one. I'm still at right. week zero. <laughs> There's a lot going on. But I would like to, I'm looking to Illinois plus seven dogs at yeah. home to Nebraska. Um, these are both bad teams. 3-5 Nebraska, 2-6 Illinois last year. But when you're looking at the strength of a team, they both, neither of them could pass. They were both bottom 20 in passing yards, but both of them could run the ball. They were top 25 in rushing. Mm-hmm. Well, then who's returning intact for the run game? Nebraska, they don't have anybody. Quarterback Adrian Martinez for Nebraska, he's the only one making the start. He led the team in rushing yards last season, and he's the only one that's coming back. And behind him, the second, the third, and the fourth best rushers behind, they've all transferred out, and one was a quarterback and one was a wide receiver, a backup quarterback. So now you're going to say it's Adrian Martinez and then who? And then you have to say you still have Scott Frost as a coach. There's one thing that he's really good at, and it's losing games. He has three straight losing seasons. And Illinois, they have a little bit more stability on their squad um, compared to Nebraska. Their top two running backs, they do make their return in Chase Brown and Mike Epstein. Both of them had two games of 100-plus rushing yards last year. And one of those games for both was against Nebraska. Mm -hmm. And they have their quarterback making his return. I like Illinois. They're, I mean, a lot of people are a lot of people are on Illinois as a home dog. That's going to be like the popular dog, I think. But it's warranted for a reason. I'm looking at if you have a strength, now is your strength coming back? And for Nebraska, it's not. Right, and I think because I would there's you know there's 
there's times where that kind of works out, right? Where mm -hmm. the, if the market's on one side, like it's not 100% that it's going to work the other way. So my thing is twofold, though, I throw at you. One is, where are you at with returning starters, right? Because I think a lot of people, there's a lot of teams that have a lot of returning starters yeah. this year. But when you look at a team like Nebraska, and I, I made this point with UCLA, which we'll get to in a little bit, but it's, so Nebraska's got 10 guys back on defense. Right. That's great. But it's also a defense that was actually gouged by the running game quite a bit last yeah. year. This Illinois team ran all over them. Right. There were multiple games last year where they gave up more than four and a half yards per carry, got destroyed on the ground. And so I think while continuity helps to a certain extent, well, we're returning 10 guys on a defense that kind of sucked against the run. And now we're taking on a new scheme with Brett Bielema, who just wants to run the ball down your throat. Mm -hmm. You mentioned the returning guys, two guys that ran for 100 yards last year back on this team for Illinois. Like I think there's mm -hmm. just, when it comes to returning starters, things like that, some of the weaknesses kind of stay the same. Like growth isn't exactly. really linear, you know? Exactly. If you have a team that's ranked bottom 10, bottom 15, bottom 25 in any category, and you're making your return, I'm not necessarily excited. Right. You're not going to make a jump from ranked 125th in the nation to now all of a sudden being a top 25 unit in one season during a pandemic. Mm -hmm. So it, returning starters, it doesn't necessarily mean all. Now, if you have returning starters as a top five unit last year and all of them are back, hey, now you're going from number five to potentially being number one. I think that's where you can see the difference where rankings do come into play and starters come into play. But when you were bottom of the barrel, yep and you're returning, how much of an improvement? I would need to see the improvement before I believe that you have an improvement just because you have 10 restarters. Yep. Uh, and by the way, I think the strongest point is that this is a Nebraska team that since Frost has been there has been pretty overvalued by the market. You know, he's I like still, to... Huh? He's still under investigation. You have to well, yeah, not to get political or anything or bring in all that side, but that is an issue, and mm -hmm. we don't know what, how that's affecting the team as a whole. Yep. Um, that We'll see what happens if where their minds are at with that. Yeah, I keep going back to uh, two years ago, they were 6-1 to one to make the college football playoff. Like... <laughs> Like, this is a team that was, that was really overvalued by the market since Frost has been there. And some of that is still on there. I mean, like, the open nine and a half, now you're down to seven. I think that sometimes the market is right on certain things, and this definitely right. might be one of them. And Vinny's going to be with us a little bit. He still says that you can maybe get seven and a half. Like, the market might be moving that direction by tomorrow. So. I saw it at six and a half just an hour ago, so yeah. we'll see. Uh, the, your early, early morning game, public team, right? We'll see. As Vinny likes to say, yeah, toggling back and forth. Uh, let's go to the other one, Hawaii-UCLA. Okay. Really curious. I have a play on this game already. I want your thoughts on this, too, because so UCLA, I think from a spot standpoint, it is kind of tough, right? Yeah. Like you get Hawaii coming in. I think this game means much more to Hawaii than it would be to UCLA because they're a massive favorite and they have LSU coming up next weekend. Mm -hmm. What is your read here for UCLA, which I think is also one of those teams it's deja vu. Chip Kelly has had returning starters. Chip Kelly has had a roster with continuity, and yet each year has been kind of disappointing for the Bruins. Absolutely. Last year, I actually had Chip Kelly as the coaches that I expected to potentially be fired. Okay. And then the UCLA came out, but it wasn't because of head coach in, in Kelly. It was DTR, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Mm -hmm. He is a fantastic quarterback. He's dual-threat ability with his passing game, with his running game. So I... DTR alone changed my perception of what UCLA is coming into this season. I like Hawaii as a team. Their quarterback in Shavon Cordero, he had 2,100 passing yards last season, 14 touchdowns, seven rushing, and he has his top wide receiver in Jared Smart. So this isn't a team that's entirely changing new pieces. They are coming in with some continuity, but my worry for them is that Cordero was sacked 28 times last year, and UCLA had the 14th best pass rush, and they're returning those pass rushers. Um, all They're all coming back. So so I think that Hawaii can definitely have a chance at getting stomped for that reason. Mm -hmm. But then I'm sure you've seen that stat that is just mind-boggling that Chip Kelly is 0-6 straight up in non-conference games, and he's 0-4 straight up versus group of five. Mm -hmm. So then that reason alone, I'm like, I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's more of those. And 68 and a half for the game total, that's high for a week zero. We have we had a spring season compared to last year, but I have no idea what to make of this game, and sometimes a no bet is the best bet. Yeah, so I took 18 with Hawaii. Yeah, I like that. And I think there's one, it opened 
nine. So we've gotten this massive wow. swing in one direction. So that's it's absolutely incredible, right? We talk about one-sided action. Like, that's an insane adjustment. And I think UCLA is going to be good this year. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned a lot. So I, I wrote the Mountain West Conference preview for us here. And I used to cover the Mountain West for a couple of years when I worked in local media. So, you know, I have an affinity for the conference, know it somewhat right. well. And you've hit it all on the head. Like, there's for me, it's all about Hawaii offensively versus UCLA defensively. And while yeah. UCLA can rush the passer extremely well, since Chip Kelly's gotten there, they have not had a year where they have allowed less than 30 points or 400 yards per game defensively. Mm-hmm. Last year, they weren't very good at all, especially right. down the stretch. They got a lot worse. And when you're talking about staying within 18 points with an offense that has every skill position player back yep. and that has a pretty high ceiling with a really good quarterback who's been there for what seems like seven years now in Shaven Cordero, <laughs> like, I think there's, there's a room for them to get within that number. And I do wonder how much of this, because you mentioned, what's the stat with Chip Kelly, non-conference, a group of five ATS? Oh, uh, a group of five, 0-4 straight up in non-conference games, 0-6. So and like I think that speaks to not so much not taking it seriously. This is preseason, right? We have LSU coming up. Mm-hmm. Let's get our guys out there. Let's run a couple of plays. DTR, by the way, an alum of my high school, uh, Bishop Gorman High School here in Las <laughs> Vegas. Um, I think like that's something that is going to play into this, right? Yeah. Get our guys out there. Get our bodies warm. Not show much and get ready for LSU in the next coming week. No, I agree. And if I had the if I had the balls, I would probably take Hawaii. And if I had even bigger balls, I would take the over because everything that you said all plays into why this should comfortably probably be an 80-point game. Yeah. A 68 and a half could potentially be too low, but it is still week zero, and I'm not trying to go all in so soon. Yeah. So what about uh, you have a read on UTEP to Mexico State because we were talking with Steve Mackinnon, our editor for Pointsburg Weekly. This falls into a lot of systems. But this is not. A, this is a UTEP team that's not going to be very good. You know, I make the point they're 125 to one to win their own conference. Yeah. Uh, I know what we kind of expect out of UTEP. This screams like anti-New Mexico State, but like we talked with Chris Andrews who runs the book here. He thinks there's only four points of difference between these two teams. Yeah. And when you're talking about laying 10 on the road, like that's it's not four points that the market is telling you. This seems like wildly inflated. The only reason why it's like that is because New Mexico State had, what, two games? Yep. And they were one and one in those games, so we got zero information. It's kind of the same thing with UConn and Mass. I mean, we don't know what these teams are going to be bringing this season. They either had no games or one or two games mm-hmm. and there's a lot of question marks there's a lot of unknowns so if you want to be the gambler then i would say fire away on these on these games but as somebody who's just uh, a little bit more conservative with her bankroll and a little bit more conservative when mm-hmm. it comes to laying the price just sit back there's a game it's not going to be a good game right. is anybody actually going to tune in and watch this game probably not well, so, but yeah. it's, uh, it's only because it's only because it's a standalone game like that's the one problem with the schedule this week is like all of them are so bunched together yeah. uh, you could get me in on utep new mexico State. i'm somebody who works off of stats and yeah. i have zero stats yep. to go off of because they they didn't play. So if you have 130 across the board, 128 across the board because they have zero games under the belt, I don't know what to do with that. Yep. And the returners, well, I don't remember what their names are. Did they come back from a year and a half ago, uh, two years ago? There's so many question marks. And I, as somebody is a stat based analyst, mm-hmm. I have no idea what information to use. Yeah, New Mexico State, uh, in a year which everybody has, pretty much everybody coming back, only three returning starters for New Mexico State this year. Uh, UConn, Fresno State, anything here? Skip. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> pass, Fresno State. I think Fresno State's going to be a really good team in the Mountain West as a whole. But uh, up to 27 and a half, 28 right now after it opened 25 and a half. All Sick right. Pass rush. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, well, the guys offensively, I, I, I keep reciting this, you know, eight, seven offensive linemen of starting experience, all eight wide receivers from last year, entire running back core, for, and, and a mm-hmm. good quarterback in Jake Hayner. Like, you do need to improve on that defense. Yes, I, I would agree <laughs> with that. But uh, they're going to they're gonna be sneaky good in, in the Mountain West. That actually has a lot of really good offenses. Pamela Maldonado is with us. Okay, so let's get into uh, some U.S. 
U.S. Open. So yes. I'm, I'm not a tennis better, so okay. I can't wait to pick your brain on a lot of this stuff. I'm excited. I always like to talk to people who know more about things than I do. So uh, let's start with uh, the, when I look at the odds board, it always strikes me when I look at uh, events like tennis, uh, tennis tournaments. When I see a seven-round tournament in which a guy like Novak Djokovic, who was really good, I know that, is an odds-on favorite to win the whole thing, that always sticks out to me. Minus 125 for Djokovic to win this. So I'll just ask you like the general question. It seems like a big price to invest in given how many matches he has to win, the path he potentially go through. Is that accurate? Like, Does he really have about a 55% chance to win this thing? Yes. Yeah. He is. You said he's really good. He's number one player in the world, world number one. He mm-hmm. has been for a few years. He holds the record at being world number one. But there's a re- few reasons as to why he fits that bill he's tall and if you look at him he stretches his daily routine is stretch 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 so when you see him playing out on the court he gets to everything he is a backboard nothing can get past him he has the flexibility he has the stamina he has endurance more importantly he has the strongest mental edge probably aside from Nadal and Federer and neither of them are there so he definitely has even more of an edge when it comes to a mental mental stamina in this field because a lot of players are uh, younger and they're inexperienced at the bigger stage and they're even less experienced at the bigger stage in a best of five this is most important that I think people tend to forget tournaments uh, throughout the year best of three this is a best of five this drastically changes everything about the game in itself and then the players that are in the field if you're talking about endurance mental stability a mental uh you're talking about longer rallies and then if your player is down two sets we saw it in Roland Garros with Stefano Tsitsipas he was leading two sets to love to Novak Djokovic good luck Mm -hmm. and then he lost the outright in five if you give it everything you've got in that first set that's awesome good for you Give it everything you've got in that second Mm -hmm. set. That's awesome. Good for you. Can you keep up that level of play for five sets? Because that's what Djokovic is going to give you. He's not going to just roll over down two sets to love. You can almost guarantee that this is going five. Do you have the physical and mental ability to manage? And more often than not, the answer is no. I like it. So when we look at this overall, then, who would you say is the biggest challenger, if any? You mentioned no Federer or no Nadal. Would there be another challenger that would rise to the occasion in your mind that would be worth looking at outside of Djokovic? If you're talking about his specific quarter of Mm -hmm. the draw, which is the first quarter, the top half of the draw, I'm super interested in the quarterfinal matchup that we could see between Djokovic and Hubert Hurkacz. Hurkacz is a rising star. His odds are a long shot at plus 8,000. I will say that I have put a little bit on him, but I love her catches game. He has two hardcourt titles there this year in 2021, and one was in Miami. He beat three top 10 players in Denis Shapovalov, Stefano Tsitsipas, and Andre Rublev, plus Ronage and Zinner. That is a sick resume to win a title. He did lose the semifinal at Wimbledon to Berrettini in four, but what I love about her catches game is that he is showing glimpses that he can be like Roger Federer. Why is Federer so good? Because he knows how to handle big servers and he knows how to break you down by doing a slice, by adding variety. He's bringing you forward to back, side to side. What we've seen about tennis now and what it's transitioned to, it's a baseline game. When you look at, take Wimbledon for example, the brown spots of the grass are in the backside of the court because nobody is coming forward into the net anymore. Federer does. Federer, uh, he's one of the few people who has variety in his game, and Hubert Hurkacz is showing signs that he can be the next player to fill that role. So if he faces Djokovic in the quarterfinals, then I'm super interested in that matchup. I would expect this to go four or five sets, and then who wins? 
what you need to know also about Djokovic, we haven't seen him play since Tokyo. Mm -hmm. We don't know where his physical game is at the moment. And uh, while everybody else is getting reps in, Djokovic isn't. Not to say that he can't just show up and like blow everybody out of the water. But if he is making it to the quarter, it's because he's warmed up and he's good to go. So you have to watch him. I wouldn't take minus 150 pre. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's too steep of a price considering all the factors. Um, you have the humidity. Mm -hmm. You have still we're in a pandemic and he's an anti-vaxxer. You have that he hasn't played. And he has a pretty tough draw right out of the gate. He's uh, going to be facing in the second round uh, Struff, uh, Jean-Leonard Struff. And that is a big server, a big hitter. And we need to see where, where his game is. Mm -hmm. I like it. All right, we got two minutes. Can you stick around for five more after this? I'm here. Yes. All right, okay. cool. So let me ask you one more, and this is more philosophical because, like, so, like, when I would help out with uh, have our NASCAR guys on and talk about it, one of the things that stuck out to me about NASCAR is very chalky, right? Like, mm -hmm. it, it four, the two to one at the top of the board, usually top three, four guys. And I noticed when you look at the odds, there's a gap, right? Like, we're talking about, I think it's uh, Zvebrev, fourth choice on the odds board, plus 650, and then you get to Rublev at 60 to one. Like, yeah. there's a pretty big gap. Is that representative? Like, the, at Absolutely. the end of the day, chalky is probably going to play out when you get to the quarterfinals there's a time in 2016 17 18 and 19 where you could bet on Federer Nadal and Djokovic to win every single tournament and you made bank yeah. I those were the best betting years in tennis and right now it kind of stays uh, stays true even though Federer father time is catching up Nadal he's out with injury but it's still pretty much the same these are the best three players in the world for a reason and it is everything that I described earlier of you want to talk about who has a better stronger game mentally these three players who has the best stamina these three players when you get to a final and you're facing roger federer on the other side of the net people break down they mm -hmm. can't handle it for it's like seeing uh, tom brady on the other side of the field are you going to be comfortable in that situation in a playoff game with a first-year head coach and a rookie quarterback probably not right. and that's kind of the same scenario that you can use in this situation um so yes there is a huge gap in not just skill level but in experience an experience with majors, and then experience with um, a best of five. Yep, I like it. All right, Pamela Maldonado, she's going to stick around for five more minutes. She'll join us on the other side. A couple more philosophical things I want to ask you about, especially these early round matches, too. You get massive favorites, how you attack some of those. Uh, and the women's draw, too. Get your thoughts on yes. how that opens up, because, of course, uh, neither of the Williams sisters are going to be participating there, so it seems like there could be some chaos. All right, come back on the other side. We'll have that. And remember, in uh, 15 minutes from now, we're going to have Vinny Maiulo as we discuss everything from the bookmaker's perspective. I mentioned with Pamela, we're going to see that seven and a half in Nebraska and Illinois. Then you'll be able to answer that question at the 830 mark.
episode of the Ron Flatter Racing Pod comes from the National Horse Players Championship here in Las Vegas. Former NHC winners Thomas Goldsmith and Judy Wagner and thoroughbred owner and horse player John Lindo talk about the tournament. Saratoga Live's Maggie Wolf and Dale Morley previews tomorrow's Traverse Stakes. Beeson's Vinny Maiulo. Handicaps Weekend Races in Saratoga and Del Mar. Vinny's going to be with us in 10 minutes. Subscribe at iHeart, Apple, Google, Spotify, or Stitcher or download it now at vcin.com slash podcasts. The Ron Flatter Racing Pod is sponsored by First Bet. Pamela Maldonado, Yahoo Sports, is uh, with us and sticking around for five more as we continue to pick her brain on the U.S. Open, which gets started on Monday. Men's qualifiers going down uh, right now, so still some action currently going down in the U.S. Open. So let's talk about the women's draw then. Neither Williams sister participating. Uh, how much, if at all, does that open up this tournament on the women's side of things? Uh, not really. Serena Williams has been in and out of tournaments for a while. She's uh, ever since her pregnancy a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and she's a fantastic player. They both of them are, but right now the level of competition has just drastically increased over the last, I would say, the last 16 months, the last mm-hmm. 18 months. Um, and I think Ash Barty, she is the plus 300 favorite, rightfully so. And I think that is good value. You would think that a favorite is value. Yes, for Ash Barty, it absolutely is. What people may not know about Barty is that she made the commitment back in January prior to Australian Open of leaving her home country of Australia to leave for one year and dedicate her entire focus to the tour because of the restrictions that are happening in Australia. She says, I have to leave my friends, I have to leave my family, and then I can't return back because then she would end up being quarantined and it would throw everything off. So she's been here in the States. She has been entirely focused, dedicated, and what has that resulted in? And she, after being out for 11 months from injury, she came back, and in 2021, just this year, she made five tour finals and four tour wins, wow. So, including Wimbledon. Nobody is coming into this with more form and confidence as Marty. And what I love about her game and what separates her from the rest of the field right now is that she's really grown into, I was just saying to you, that she has kind of become like the Federer of the WTA. She has variety in her game. Her slice game is a wicked slice, and she brings players forward and back side to side, and she is bringing more to this game than what the other women can as far as... um, she's challenging players with their minds because you don't know how you don't know how to compete with that you can throw anything at them and they have an answer for it and that's really difficult to do and most women's uh, it's kind of like what makes WTA different from the ATP is that you have big weapons and let's say Alexander Zverev he has that serve mm-hmm. Djokovic he has that return there's one weapon for a lot of players for WTA is kind of an even playing field. And how Ash Barty separates herself from the rest is by being a complete game. She crushes all aspects of it, and she uses it exceptionally well. I like it. So uh, I'm curious, as you kind of look at the early stages of a lot of these tournaments, one thing that has stuck out to me, like massive favorites, like big ones. And I know that there's a strategy of kind of parlaying all these massive favorites together, potentially. How do you approach early round betting like match to match? Yes. Um, What I was saying earlier about the Australian Open, the Australian Open is my favorite tournament to bet because you have players who are coming into this with fresh legs Mm -hmm. there's no injuries the u.s open is a little bit harder to do because it is the end of the season there are injuries starting to pile up and it's in new york in august september what is happening right now humidity and it's hot and so that's a makes it a little bit difficult i am a very um I don't bet like a million things. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to be as selective as I can, and I'm going to be even more selective because of the U.S. Open. There's a lot of factors going into this with we're still in a pandemic, with it is hot, and one, there's a lot of players that are injured. So then these parlays 
I love parlays. Absolutely, only in tennis is what I will do it with. But you have to be making sure that there's like Gal Monfils. I would love for him to win his opening match, but he just had an ankle injury a couple weeks ago. Uh, Alexander Zverev, he has a fault. He has a problem with double faults. I want to see in the first round that he's cleaned that up. Djokovic, we haven't seen him play. Mm-hmm. I would like to see how he does in the first in the opening round. There's a lot of question marks. So I think in the first round, maybe sit back, take a observe it a little bit, see how players' conditions are coming into it, and then you can fire on those parlays in the second round. I like it. All right, last minute with you here. So I'm a big, I'm an analytics guy. I'm a stat nerd. I like those kind of things. Sites, anything you'd recommend for anybody who wants to dive into tennis betting that you go track all these numbers, mm. anything that you like to use? I don't use stats, actually. Yeah. I'm also a stats-based better, yeah. but I don't use stats for tennis because I watch every I single say, match. You talked about it off the air. You have a background playing. So, I yeah. watch every single match. If it is in Australian Open, I am up at 3, 4 in the morning. If it is in any European time, I am up at 6, mm-hmm. 7. I'm up all the time watching tennis, so I have more of like an internal um, stats data line mm-hmm. in my mind, but I do use match that for head-to-head and that's just seeing how players can have uh, done against each other in the past and that's really the only bit of information that I can use um, for stats I would also in tournament stats pay attention to serves and stamina more importantly I like it. Pamela Maldonado again Yahoo Sports uh, that was an awesome 25 minutes thank, thank you. you very much for your time uh, she's gonna be all over the place too you got yes. a lot of media obligations to so check those <laughs> out too uh, we will be back Vinny Mayula uh, is gonna join us get the bookmakers perspective week zero college football and much more Preseason actually pretty much over with. We got one week left. It's a perfect time for you to huddle up with the Vison Pro Football Betting Guide. We got a gap of time between the end of the preseason, beginning of the regular season. Study up, folks. Guide's only $19.99. It's an available now. Experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Sign up for VCN All Access. Get everything we offer for the entire football season. Sign up now at vcin.com slash subscribe. Okay. Uh, I think. I'm going to butcher. I think it's, is it, Vinny, is it slow jamming with Vinny? Vinny Mayula is with us on a Friday because it's a numbers game, and that's when he generally joins Gil. Is that what we call this? That's uh, that's what Gil calls it. Yeah, buddy. Okay. A little slow jamming time. All right. Hey, there it is. All right. Hey. hey now, that's right. Good. Pass around eight. That's it. Light your cigars and sip your bourbon. I, uh, Never I, too early. I still contest that Vibin with Vinny would probably have been the better play at words, but uh, it's not my show. Uh, okay, so Vinny Maiulo is with us. Uh, first off, uh, you were telling me off the air, so what do you have going on today? What are you doing? I'm heading over to Bally's here in a little bit, which I will undoubtedly run into our good friend Ron Flatter. Uh, it's the National Horse Players Championship uh, Handicapping Tournament uh, over at, uh, at Bally's. So, uh, I'll be over there uh, taking place this weekend. In fact, Johnny Avello from DraftKings will be there as well. I think they're sponsoring uh, part of the event. So uh, a lot of horse racing going on. So, Travers, uh, the Travers Stakes uh, is, mm-hmm. is this weekend, JBT, tomorrow at uh, Saratoga. So six grade ones. I was uh, lucky enough to uh, had uh, fun with uh, Ron Flatter yesterday. I'm on his podcast this week. So hopefully uh, I can make, uh, we can make some folks uh, some money this week. 
handicapping the uh, the Pat O'Brien at Del Mar, but the uh, the six grade ones, including the Travers at Saratoga tomorrow. I like this, and uh, you're, uh, you've done this for a while, Vinny, because it's exactly what I was setting up. Check out the Ron Flatter Racing Pod, uh, which is available iHeart, Apple, Google, Spotify, or Stitcher. Download it now, decent.com slash podcast. I am intrigued, though. Uh, any sort of championship tournament that uh, that does pique my interest, can you give me like the, the, uh, the lowdown on this, like how this works? The, uh, the handicapping tournament is uh, it's the 22nd annual, and it's uh, rotated uh, several places uh, throughout the country, but here in town, and it's been at Bally's now a couple of years, uh, JVT. This is the culmination of various uh, horse racing handicapping tournaments from around the country, and uh, the folks now have earned their way to get to this, uh, to this event. And... Uh, they uh, they compete for uh, uh, quite a bit of quite a bit of money and prizes, and uh, I don't have the prize structure right in front of me, but uh, I will tell you what um, I think it's I think it's over two million in wow. uh, in prizes. In uh, I think first place is about seven hundred seven hundred twenty five thousand. So uh, folks out there uh, competing, and of course uh, they're betting on the races uh, as well outside of the tournament. So one of the actually busier handicapping uh, horse racing uh, events of the year. Uh, particularly here in Las Vegas with the event taking place here. Any big takeaways uh, for the Travers that you want to leave us for anybody who's interested in, uh, in handicapping betting it tomorrow? Uh, well, JBT, let me, uh, let me tell you what I, uh, what I did. I mean, the Travers is, uh, is, you know, it's one of the better, one of the better races of, uh, of the year. So I will give you who, uh, who I went with. Essential quality is, is the horse. Mm-hmm. It's going to get a little chalky, uh, essential quality, uh, on top, uh, going to midnight bourbon, who's on the rail and then uh, I went with uh, the six horse, which is um, Masquerade. So, uh, but Midnight, uh, essential quality, uh, Brad Cox horse, Luis Saez is going to be very, very tough to beat here. So uh, that's uh, that was my uh, selection in uh, in the Travers. I like it. At Vince and Vinny up on Twitter. All right, Vinny, uh, let's transition over to the National Football League. We did get news today. Uh, I think it's very good news. My guy, Jameis Winston, officially the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, closed about like a $3-ish favorite, depending on where you looked for the shops that had the prop up of who would be the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints in week one. Now, when I talked about this earlier, and we haven't seen uh, any move whatsoever, I would assume that a guy who is favored to win the job does not move the needle in terms of the line for this regular season matchup with the Green Bay Packers. But do you expect this to have an effect as we get closer to this matchup with Green Bay where the Saints are a three-point underdog? And also, what do you make of the decision for Jameis to be the guy? Well, you know, JVT, you and Matt Humans and I on uh, My Guys in the Desert, we talked about this earlier in the week. And uh, we, Jameis Winston, and I, uh, these were uh, DraftKings had put out uh, – starter prop, uh, player to take uh, the first snap, quarterback to take the first snap uh, for, for certain teams. This was one of them, and Jameis Winston was almost a two-to-one favorite, and we, I think we kind of agreed on that simply because Taysom Hill is more of a uh, specialized player, if you will. Uh, we all know that gadget plays before. I didn't see it changing very much from what I saw in the preseason, so um, I think this is something that we we generally expected, uh, and it got bet up from uh, less. What was it? I think it was about a dollar ninety when we were on the air earlier in the week, uh, and now, as you as you mentioned, went to, uh, went to, to about three to one. And I, I could understand the move there in terms of week one. We've not seen any uh, any movement on this, but don't, don't forget this game has has been pretty much an anomaly simply because when when week one went up yep. back uh, back in May. Don't forget the whole Aaron Rodgers drama was happening, right? And there was speculation that uh, uh, that he was not going to be with the Packers. And some folks had opened the Saints as three-point favorites. 
uh, in that game. We waited at the south point, and I think uh, I'm glad we did. Chris Andrews made uh, made the right call there, and uh, so now the Packers opened when we did uh, adjust it when it was uh, when the whole Aaron Rodgers drama was resolved. Packers two and a half and now sitting at three. Will there be money on the Saints? And this was probably going to be a, a pretty good two-way betting game. Uh, but there are folks out there that have both uh, both sides now uh, plus three. So it's a, it's, it's a little bit of an outlier. Now, that said, JVT, let's remember that uh, 90% of the money is yet to come in on this game. So it's not that there's going to be this, you know, six-point key number of three on both sides liability out there sitting with some books. But there are some betters out there to have, uh, have some tickets on both sides at plus three and they're in a nice position. Yep, and uh, I am curious to see uh, what this offense looks like. You know, as you look at the last two years of Drew Brees' career, an average depth of target of under eight yards for each of the last two seasons. You have a guy in Jameis Winston for his career. His average depth of target is 10 yards downfield. So what it means for an offense uh, that has an arm that can challenge all three levels adequately, I'm curious to see what that means for Sean Payton and this unit as they go forward. And I think I like a lot of the pieces for this team. Defensively, there's some good spots in an offensive line. It's in the top end of the league in the National Football League. Uh, where are you guys at uh, futures-wise? Anything? stick out to you, like liability-wise, Saints or Packers uh, for you guys here at the South Point, Vin? No, nothing uh, nothing uh, crazy, JBT. I think what we've seen uh, uh, so far, though, is uh, a little bit of a, a move now to the over with uh, with the Saints in terms of regular season wins. It went from 9 under minus 30 to now uh, simply a nine, uh, 9 under minus 15 cents. So there's a little bit of a belief now. Uh, that the Saints are going to be better. I think the, the response to Jameis Winston has been uh, been good. Uh, the New Orleans Saints, yes or no to make the playoffs. Uh, the no is only uh, six to five now. So a little bit of belief now with the uh, on the betting public side that the Saints are going to be a better team than initially thought. All right, we will continue slow jams with Vinny on the other side. Get his thoughts on uh, week zero, which begins tomorrow. Uh, that line that is toggling between Nebraska and Illinois. Does it get to the seven and a half? Vinny will answer on the other side here on a numbers game. So does the betting action at BetMGM. Sign up now using the bonus code VSIM1000. Your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Place your bets on all exciting showdowns of Major League Baseball, Major League Soccer, and more sports from around the globe. And when you register with BetMGM, you'll also get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player uh, props, and daily boosted odd specials. From breathtaking goals to colossal home runs, the king of sports books takes every play to a new level of excitement. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com. Enter bonus code VSIM1000. 1000 to get back up to $1,000 on your first wager. New customer offer, paid free bets, eligibility restrictions apply. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Got to be 21. Please gamble responsibly. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in the state which I reside, Nevada. Vinny Mayulo is with us here as we wrap up a Friday of slow jamming with Vinny on the numbers game. Slow jamming. You go. Uh, 
Penny, uh, I, I won't. Uh, we talked a lot with Paul Carr uh, at length when it came to Cristiano Ronaldo. It does seem like that is heating up, so it'll be uh, Manchester United that does land the services of Ronaldo. Uh, PSG still working, so we'll see if that is the case. But let's uh, we'll focus on football because I want to get to week zero with you. I know you love it. Um, because I have a general question, and then we'll get the update on the action. Uh, but what does, uh, for this first weekend of college football, uh, what does the action look like uh, in terms of the public getting involved? We know that there's plenty of sharp money in the pool. You guys hang up these numbers pretty early. Uh, the guys have their cracks at it, change it up, get in line, right, do all that stuff early in the summer. And now they just kind of sit out there static for a while. But as we approach week zero, as we have a lineup, you know, for majority of the week and good games like Nebraska-Illinois to start us off at 10 in the morning out here on the West Coast, what does the action look like? Does the public better come in early in the morning tomorrow or do you start to see this trickle in late in this week uh, as of like today you know what's uh, what we've seen so far jvt you brought up a, a a good point in terms of how the the betting occurred now remember well first thing we did this year uh, back in uh, back in may was put up games of the year mm -hmm. and so uh you know we watched how those games uh, that those games were bet uh pretty you know that was m more professional money because pros uh, were you know were comparing their early numbers uh to what we thought and of course it was a, a terrific exercise because it was an early start to early power ratings and don't forget there was still plenty of transfer portal uh action going on and players moving around and and uh, decommitting and, and and moving around and things like that so uh that was the first thing then we uh, a, a few weeks later put up the uh, uh, the week one, I call it week one. That's not a that's a, that, forget this week zero. All right, you got that, that. That's not a zero. It's a it's an O is in one. So let's get that straight. Okay, that's now my rant. So in terms of that, uh, Nebraska, we did open as eight and a half point favorites, and it was a pretty steady stream of uh, Illinois money. They uh, they took eight and a half. They took eight. They actually took uh, seven and a half at seven. And when we got down to six and a half. Uh, finally got some buyback on that game, so where now uh, we're sitting with uh, Nebraska as seven-point favorites. Now that's the uh, that's the early game, JVT, ten o'clock Pacific. So I think it's going to give uh, a terrific start to to the day, uh, to Saturday tomorrow, and I think it'll be a, a pretty popular game. It's a conference game as well, so I think people uh, enjoy uh, you know uh, the fact that there's going to be some conference games. Uh, here in uh, in the early part in the first week of uh, of the college football season, so uh, Big Ten and ACC games uh, taking place right away, and but that game will get a good start uh, so far. Uh, right now, though, pretty good two way action at the seven. Do you expect us to get to seven and a half again? Like, what is the public sentiment you expect to be behind Nebraska, a team that has been a pretty public team since Scott Frost has gotten there? You know, uh, it's interesting, JVT. I think what you're going to, you know, you might, you may see the uh, kind of a revenge factor type uh, yep. approach here at some point. You know, right, let's face it, uh, we did see Illinois go into Lincoln last year as uh, double-digit underdogs and uh, beat Nebraska 41-23. So, um, you know, I, I think, you know, there, there may be that aspect to it. Um, and still, Nebraska, uh, uh, a higher power rating uh, than Illinois. But, hey, look, you know what, the, now you've got the, uh, the distraction uh, of an investigation uh, into the program, particularly, and Scott Forrest under quite a bit of pressure. So uh, I think there's an angle to, for both sides here. Will we go back to seven and a half? It, it's possible, but uh, again, you know, it, uh, mm -hmm. I think it's pretty. It's seven's pretty solid right now, and uh, and the game's being bet under from uh, uh, 55 on the opener. Now you're seeing uh, we're at 54 and a half, but you're starting to see some 54s out there and things like that. But I think it'll be pretty good overall two-way action. 
but uh, I, I think it's going to be a good start to the uh, to the schedule this week. Yeah, some spots. Uh, you guys at South Point uh, opened up what eight and a half on Nebraska, Vinny. Eight and a half, yeah, yeah eight and a half, and they took everything down to uh, as far uh, early on uh, up until about a week or so ago, we were as low as six and a half, but then uh, then they laid that, and now it's pretty good two-way action at seven. Yeah, so we get that uh, one-way move, and we also had a one-way move between UCLA and Hawaii, so let's go there because it seems that the market's cap here is 18 because 17 and a half are starting to pop back up. Uh, where are you guys at as of this morning? And I, I'm, I would assume that we're not getting back to 18. If the market starts to move off of that, I would think that 17 and a half is probably where around this is going to close because 18 seems to be the cap for the market. Yeah, we uh, we used uh, 17 uh, initially, JBT. And briefly, uh, there was a uh, there was a take uh, uh, at 17, went to uh, 16 and a half, but that was very early. And again, this was back in May, yep. uh, 17 then, and now 17 and a half. So, uh, is there more of a likelihood to, to see 18? Possibly. I don't I don't know if it'll go much lower. I don't think we'll get below. 17 on this one um but hey look uh, again taking the points here with hawaii let's remember this too like this is the start of a a a season for hawaii that that they're going to travel more than any team in college football maybe they're going to travel more than some pro teams they've got this is the first of seven road games uh for hawaii this year and don't forget their home games they're going to have to play in honolulu because their stadium's being uh, renovated as well, so uh, just uh, their their mindset is uh, let's uh, you know it's us against the world type thing. So uh, I think if you see seventeen and a half, eighteen, uh, then uh, it's probably going to be pros are going to be more inclined, I think, to take the points uh, because UCLA. It's not like their defense uh, really uh, did a did a whole lot to stop people last year, and I'm not so sure that uh, their defense is going to be much better this year. Same with Hawaii. So uh, again, this uh, this total, by the way, going up. Uh, from uh, an opener of, uh, I mean, it's the highest total that we've seen so far, right? So 69, I think you're going to, you know, it, it's actually coming down, but I think that's a matter of timing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 68 and a half, 68. So, uh, but I, I suspect that the general public will bet this game over, wanting to see points. Yeah, it's, uh, to uh, Vinny's point, when it comes to the uh, travel of Hawaii, uh, road trips, Oregon State, New Mexico State, Nevada, Wolfpack, Utah State, uh, UNLV, Wyoming, and those trips to New Mexico and Wyoming, uh, well over 3,200 miles for the Rainbows. Uh, very, very far trips inland. Although, uh, not one like uh, there was a couple years ago where they had to make a morning game against Army, Vinny, all the way out on the East Coast. And uh, that was quite the spot. Uh, for the Army Black Knights, but that was many years ago. All right, other games up on the board really quickly in Week 0. Not sexy games in any way whatsoever. Uh, We've seen moves both toward Fresno State, opening up at the range of 25.5, now upwards of 27.5, and and, uh, New Mexico State, that team we just spoke of, catching 10. That's one. Let's go there. That's coming off of the 10, right? Like 10 seems to be the cap here with the market, too. Um, yeah, this was kind of a surprise, too. I mean, we opened UTEP 7, and, I mean, if you go back and you look at how often UTEP's been a favorite in the last few years, you could count it on one hand, JVT. And, again, you're talking about, you know, I thought we opened it high, right? We opened it 7. They've laid everything up to, uh, as you point out, we're up to 10 now. Now, I think, you know, pros got involved with this game very early, and I think there's, uh, the public is now following it, right? It's just uh, this is – this is a play that is not as much a bet on UTEP as it is a bet against New Mexico State. But at this point, I mean, the value is gone. If you're going to look for value, if you will, we talk about value quite a bit here at Beeson and other places. Um, you know, if there's such a thing with New Mexico State, uh, you know, it's it's pretty tough to lay more than 10. Are you going to take a chance of laying 10 with UTEP? Uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not so sure of that. So uh, I think we'll see. Money come in here on New Mexico State. And by the way, the fact that this game is a 6.30 Pacific start, 
TV. If this was on the fourth and it was in the afternoon, I won't All right, let's pull him down real quick. Vinny, we are uh, we are losing you. Technology has been fickle, and it sounds like uh, it is cutting us off before a great weekend. So let's say goodbye to Vinny. we got last two minutes here, so that's fine. Uh, Vinny Maiulo, decent Vinny up on Twitter. You can still hear my voice, Vinny. I appreciate the time today. Slow jamming with Vinny off to a rocky end, but that's fine. We head off into the weekend. Lombardi line coming up next. Uh, really quickly, I was going to transition over to this, so I wanted to update some of the price moves uh, that we have seen early on in Major League Baseball. We got very, very big series this coming weekend. Um, <laughs> we'll go to Philadelphia in a second because the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, absolute nightmare, and the Arizona Diamondbacks seem to have their number. But wanted to start with one of the top series in the National League. Uh, ties into the Phillies. The Atlanta Braves. Max Fried's going to get the start for the Braves today. They're taking on the San Francisco Giants. Kevin Gosman on the other side here. Uh, initial market move in the favor of the San Francisco Giants. Saw an opener of $1.25 here uh, in favor of Atlanta. Now we're minus 120 across the board very solidly in favor of the Braves, eight and a half at the total open here. We're still sitting that uh, over minus 120. Now we're shaded to the under at about minus 115, minus 120. So really the move here in this contest, as you see the minus 115 price tag at South Point uh, is toward San Francisco, but the real strong one is toward the under of eight and a half. And actually uh, some spots are at eight including that one here at the uh, South Point. So the pregame total for their strong move to the under between these two clubs. I mentioned Philadelphia. This is amazing only because NOLA has not been consistent. Neither have the Philadelphia Phillies, especially against lesser competition. You can win a series against San Diego, but you can get swept by Arizona. Prior to that, Aaron NOLA is going to be on the hill here at a very big price tag on the Philadelphia Phillies at minus 210. And we're still heading in that direction. We're actually as high as minus 250 in favor of the Philadelphia Phillies in this matchup with the Arizona Diamondbacks, Phillies, of course, still desperately trying to take advantage of a schedule that is easiest in Major League Baseball, and yet they continue to fail in that regard. Garrett Cole, in one of the better matchups on the board here tonight, is going to oppose Sean Manaya. This one has written all over it. Best game of the evening. New York opens up as a $1.20 favorite on the road against the Oakland Athletics with Cole on the hill. Uh, and, not surprising... $1.50 price tag now on the New York Yankees on the road against the Oakland Athletics. And then your other two series that hold some weight, especially in the NL wildcard race. Cincinnati, $1.35 favorite over the Miami Marlins at the Open, now sitting at $1.45. And the Padres, who take on the Angels. Oh, the Angels. How about an end to that series to Baltimore? Padres open up $1.60 with Joe Musgrove, now $1.90. That does it for a numbers game. Gil back on Monday. I'll be back early tomorrow morning to help out with some of the weekend coverage of college football. Lombardi line coming up next year on v the Sports Betting Network.